Today on The Digital Week, we'll look at the proactive organisation. Could I have organisations subscribe to my life? Could they use data and sense the environment and therefore deliver services before I actually know I need them? Hmm. Today we explore the opportunities, the risks and the traits of what a proactive organisation would look like. Welcome to the Digital Week. I'm Monica Branley and I'm here today with Professor Marek Kowalkowicz. How are you, Monica? Great to see you. It's fantastic. Great to see you here in beautiful uh, Brisbane, a beautiful sunny day. But I hear this week has not been, you've had some man flu. Well, you call it man flu. I just call it a, a really bad case of flu. And yes, it was really tough. I, I ended up in bed for the entire weekend. And look, I wish someone could have predicted that, that flu. I mean, I, I went for a run in the rain last week and I didn't sleep well. It was a bit cold overnight as well. Couldn't have someone told me that there was a flu coming? So, today, that brings us to the point of today's podcast, the proactive organisation. Hmm. Is there organisations evolving in the digital economy and what you're studying here at the PwC Chair that are showing us the early signs that people could outsource their pain relief? Look, Monica, the, the, the focus right now uh, in organisations is to be much more customer-centric. And this also means that a lot of organisations are trying to see how could they help individuals and also other organizations with what we call pain prevention tasks. All right? I need to pull out my willy beans every morning uh, on, on, on a Monday morning every week. I need to check my credit card if there's no fraud. If I'm a business person, I'm continuously worrying whether I'm going to get paid and so on. You know what? I'll be more than happy if someone took care of those, those tasks and relieved me from the pains. So it's like the clutter. And of course, the word mm. pain and pain relief was really made famous by the value uh, proposition canvas that really Correct. came from the business mm. model canvas colleagues in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, we do like we, to work with organizations that give us that, that pain relief, right? I mean, that's like you're saying, that's, uh, that's a basis for developing new business models. Well, for me, my whole life, as you all know, I'm a, I'm a big goals and ambition planner. And mm. I, I sit down each week, each month, each day and give my neuroscience a good dose of where am I supposed to be and how am I achieving Mm. I mean, for me, I'm the, probably the antithesis. I'm, I would love to outsource all of that life mm. and then just experience it. There you go. So do you think we're, we're exceptional in this case or are there others who would love for other organizations, other people to take care of their lives? Well, I think we're seeing emerging um, areas of that, right? Mm. And if we, let's, let's unpack a little bit more mm -hmm. of some of the organizations and what they're doing in this space. You know, Facebook mm. now tells me, I don't have to remember my friend's birthdays mm. because Facebook tells me, right? And, and I can send them a nice greeting and I noticed on Facebook that they even put the greeting there. Mm. Um, LinkedIn's doing exactly the same now when they're saying a congratulations, they pre-populate the congratulations. So I guess that's kind of giving me an early signal. Mm. There's also an element of like uh, proactive Activity on their response, mm. but I, it's not gone the whole angle. They're not. I haven't gone to LinkedIn and said, "Just congratulate everyone in my network." Absolutely. When you think about the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, a lot of services are provided on the very bottom, and I don't mean the you know the funny Maslow's hierarchy of needs where which has a Wi-Fi on the bottom, right? The, <laughs> the real one with so like uh, food, clothing, shelter. Exactly, exactly. So the early warning network is an example of a proactive approach where I get a text message if there's going to be a hailstorm in you know my my home area for instance. I, I also work with eToro, which is a, a social trade
trading network, which allows me to uh, to outsource my, outsource my investment tasks. And I'll just say, hey, I want my investment to be done in a similar way to some other uh, members of that network. So I don't have to worry about it anymore. So but that's it's a little bit like um, people used to trade the index. So mm. the ASX index or the index where they would say, I want to just perform the mm. same way that all the stocks. But you're saying now this with eToro, you can actually follow an individual trader that has a certain pattern that you Absolutely. have now evaluated. And I can choose the one that is very successful at it. So again, this is, you know, if I, want, if I went to a, a wealth advisor I would always be worried, are they skilled enough? Are they, are they really good? I don't really have that choice. When I go to eToro or a similar service, I can choose from a lot of people. And that's outsourcing some of my, my pain prevention tasks Fantastic. As well. So mm. you're the professor here, Marek, at the <laughs> PwC Chair in the Digital Economy. Mm. So what would be your definition of a proactive organisation? So a proactive organisation is one that offers products or services to individuals or businesses even before those individuals or small businesses, medium businesses, large businesses become aware of the need for the service. A proactive organization is one that has a trusted relationship with a partner that can consume so-called digital signals of the partner and then react to those digital signals providing services. I love the theme. Mm. I think the topic's mm. huge. Mm. And I noticed that we're now starting to do some some live projects in our innovation labs here at QUT mm. um, in that very space. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what we're doing with the Queensland government. Uh, this is one of our uh, major projects at the moment. Queensland government is absolutely amazing in that they do understand that they need to stay on top of the wave or almost ahead of the wave of digital economy. So they're exploring the topic of, of the government becoming very proactive. The government coming to you when you need them. And it's an opt-in approach. So if you don't like the approach, it's fine as well. But imagine you're an entrepreneur and you want to open a coffee shop. You might just send one initial signal to the government telling them, hey, I would like to open a coffee shop. And from that moment on, the government will become proactive towards you, letting you know what licenses you need to apply for, helping you choose the best location, helping you understand what the process looks like, how costly it is going to be. Mm. Oh, that's mm. excellent. Mm. And I, I'm assuming that we're also doing some of these aspects with uh, with commercial clients as well that are looking at either a service aspect, like you know, outsourcing lifestyle. We're working with the senior living innovation labs. They're looking at how might someone be able to say, okay, has my I just want basic life 101: mm. food, clothing, shelter, entertainment, mobility. In a way, a proactive organization also understands that the moment it learns about a life event of an individual or an event of a business. It can also be the matchmaker. It can also be the one that brings other organizations and has have them provide services to the individual or business. So suddenly we're talking about the entire ecosystem and enabling an ecosystem of partners. It's not a one-to-one -one relationship anymore. A proactive organization really creates a broader, uh, uh, broader picture. Here. Mm. Mm. And we've noticed a little bit of that early work in the social benefits bonds. Mm. So how we had to construct some of the bonds that happened in New South Wales and some of the work that's being done in Queensland mm. now is about saying, okay, if we want to reduce teenage pregnancy, 
or we want to reduce family breakdown, which we know costs government X amount of money, mm. how do we assemble a group of proactive services to prevent that event happening? Mm. So, and in the consequence, halve or even, you know, dramatically reduce the cost, potential uh, cost of government. Absolutely. And there are multiple reasons why you want to be a proactive organisation. For you as an organisation, this means that you can deliver your services more efficiently because mm. you reach out to those who really need them. From the customer perspective, this means that they also get a more comprehensive access to services. Sometimes they're not aware that a service or product is available. When they have that trusted, proactive relationship, they can get access to them easily. That also means that you can create completely new products or services. Imagine being able to predict that something's going to happen to your customer. I loved your example of the tax advisor. Mm, mm, absolutely. So Subscribing imagine, to my cash flow. So Im- Im- imagine if I'm a business, I'm more than happy to share my tax flow, tax, tax flows or, or, or cash flows uh, continuously with my tax advisor. And I would love my tax advisor one month into the tax year to be able to say, hey, Marek, I'm noticing something interesting here. You might actually be eligible for this or that in 11 months from now. Would you like me to explore that? Would you like me to tell you what to do next to be able to, say, be eligible for that particular discount or tax return and so on? So this brings us to an interesting point. There's obviously probably layers of how a proactive organisation works. Maybe you could take us through some levels that make sense. Uh, So so there's two dimensions that uh, that are worth... uh, Exploring The first one is uh, the stages where intervention of a proactive organization is possible. And when we think about a, a significant event in life of an individual or perhaps in an organization, you can forecast that event, you can become aware that the event has happened, and you can also join your customer in the journey after the event has happened when they need to act upon it. So that's forecast, fact, and act. And mm-hmm. these are the three steps that are uh, are one of the dimensions. So in order to forecast fact and act, obviously there's a big data play behind mm. here. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how will, how will data, where will signals come from? How might that play out and where might be the opportunities and the risks in that? And this is the exciting part, Monica. So, so over the past 10, 15 years, we've seen an increasing amount of digital signals being shared by organizations and individuals online with others. And often, you know, you'll go for a run tomorrow and we'll update uh, your, your running application and you'll upload that, that information uh, online. Right now, probably no one is using that information, but you could also share it with your doctor. You could share it perhaps with your you know, sports gear provider so that when they, when they consume those signals, they can react. And that, that, that huge amount of, of digital signals available, and I've just given you only, I've only given you one here, that huge amount of, of digital signals available allows organization to predict. So we're talking about predictive analytics. Uh, it allows them to, to see what's happening and then join you when they see that, you, that you're making decisions. And I mean, more importantly for that, it's also about delivering precision in terms of the intervention or the solution. Right? Absolutely. So I'm not going to the doctor and saying, I run this many times a week. He's actually looking at data. He's looking at my genome, the other aspects of data that I've provided to him. An ability to mash up different uh, digital signals increases that precision. My Fitbit in my toilet, right? There you go. That would be another <laughs> bit of information for the doctor. But Absolutely. that's for a whole, there's a whole other story. And it's to be a very exciting that. one. We'll, t- we'll be talking about it in a couple of months, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 
Look, so tell us about some of these traits that a proactive organization uh, might uh, have. Absolutely. And even before I do it, let me just quickly share, uh, you know, the three types of organizations in terms of proactivity. Because as an organization now, you could play a role of a recommender. So, hey, Monica, I've noticed that this is what's happening in your, in your life. Here are some suggestions of what, could, what you could be doing next. So that's like the I select for my life. Absolutely. So okay. that's just information. You could take it to the next step, which is the assistant uh, uh, level, where I would say, hey, Monica, I've noticed something in your life, and I've constructed or uh, I've selected a couple of services that are relevant for you. Press here, and we'll deliver the services. So like my executive assistant, but for my life. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then there's autopilot, which says, Monica, this is what's happening with your life, and we've already delivered the services that are either amplifying the, the beautiful things about your life or preventing the pains in your life. Bring it on. Yeah. I love it, but I know there would be a number of people that would find that's a step too far. That's so let's creepy. talk about, let's mm. unpack quickly some of these risks, right? Uh, so obviously there's issues around privacy, trust, there's a lot of issues that need to be addressed. Now, right now, our approach is um, in understanding, we're trying to understand the features of a proactive organization, but definitely trust is the first area that needs to be addressed. Without a trusted relationship, you will not want to work with a proactive organization. So, Marek, help us then with some of the other traits that a proactive organization would have. A proactive organization is focused on customers, is focused on solving the issues of preventing pains or uh, amplifying the gains of a customer. Mm -hmm. A proactive uh, organization uh, is initiative-focused. So it is the one that will come to you to try to solve a problem or try to create some more value um, for you. A proactive organization is skilled in data processing. It's absolutely critical to be able to process huge amounts of big data to be properly proactive. A proactive organization is aware of trends in the environment, is able to sense the environment. It is also agile. When the situation changes, the organization changes as well. It generates trust and maintains the trusted relationship. And finally, very importantly, it's transparent. So whatever it does, it will explain to you why it has done it. Okay, I think I'm getting this. Now let's translate that into what would be um, some of the jobs in the new economy that would support proactive organizations? As a first step, we need to talk about proactive service designers. There are a lot of organizations who are not proactive yet, but there's a huge potential for them to become proactive. Now you need to have a person who can have a look at an organization and say, this is an opportunity for us. So proactive uh, service designers will be one, and we're um, making available a proactive organization canvas to all of our listeners, so we can go online and download that proactive organization canvas, and you'll see the first tool that such designers could be using. Mm, that's mm. exciting. Um, I mean, for my case, there'd be things like, could I have a life manager instead of a relationship manager with my bank, another relationship manager with my financial advisor, mm. or I could join all that up into a life manager and the life manager could be rewarded on on the achievements of my life as absolutely. a percentage absolutely which would be fantastic wouldn't it mm. i just for me it just wins back that time digitization is always about um, getting rid of tasks and minor things that don't add value and allowing us more time to think and experience the wonders of life 
A proactive organization is potentially the biggest liberator, liberating us from the, the bottom layers of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and allowing us to focus on what really matters in our lives, the top layers of the, of the pyramid. Marek, as always, here at the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy, you have blown my mind and you've stratospherically put us into another dimension. No, so no, let's no. Bring Mo on. Monica, that's all thanks to you being able to trigger that, that nice conversation <laughs> and that nice exchange of thoughts. Nice of you to say. We are missing oh. our friend Michael Roseman today, who of course adds another dimension to the proactive organisation. I think it was amazing to be able to have this, you know, quick exchange of thoughts without Michael interrupting us all the time. So we're M&M, not triple M. <laughs> Correct. Great to see you today and we look forward to seeing a canvas come out through the PwC uh, Chair in the Digital Economy website mm. and some more podcasts breaking down some of these facets. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you, Monica. Thanks for your time. Thank you.